Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. And I welcome everyone uh, to Bible study again. I'm Apostle DeCord, Rena Founder, Overseer of Upper Room Kingdom. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. I pray that each and every one of you had a wonderful day as we're here once again for our weekly Bible study. So I'm excited for the word as we continue to move uh, deeper into this series, all that's going to be said uh, and done on today. And so, um, again, I greet you all who are tuning in live on Facebook, on Periscope, on YouTube. Uh, those who may be uh, watching a replay or listening to a podcast, certainly I believe something will be said today which I, that should have a great impact on your life. So we welcome all of our first time uh, visitors, those who are tuning in for the first time. Uh, 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 we greet you uh, and, and know that something will be said uh, that will um, ignite a fire in you to come back, to continue to grow and learn and apply the word of God to your life. Amen. Amen. Good evening, Courtney. Good morning, E.G. Good morning, Diane. Good evening, Diane, Linda, Angela, Rose. Hello, hello, everyone. So I'll open up in prayer. And we're going to j- dive right on into the word of God. Our Father God, we come now. We give you name glory. We give you the honor. We give you name praise, oh God, for this is the day you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad. And we thank you, God, for the word that should go forth on today. We know it should go forth with power and accomplish what you set it up to accomplish in the lives of these, your people, oh God. And he sees that you will try to sow. We blood block it in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, let this word go in our hearts, oh God, that we may apply this word to our lives, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, continue to open our eyes of understanding, our ears, that we may hear. Speak to me and speak through me, oh God, that you may be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, that your people will take this word and run with it, oh God, and apply it, oh God. So we just thank you, we praise you, we glorify you now. These no bless we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, all right, all right. So, um, so of course we, we're on a series uh, of destroying uh, evil altars. Uh, and last week uh, we were on part two. We started talking about the battle between two altars, and of course understanding. Uh, just a brief recap. Uh, talking about, of course, understanding we're in a war. Uh, we know it's a war that in end that we win. Uh, but Satan always wants sacrifices for those who submit to him. Uh, he's not the creator of sacrifices, but he's a copycat. And so we said how he simply took the principles of godly sacrifices and perverted it for evil. And he knows the power of an altar when you raise an altar. So he has witches, warlocks, sorcerers to erect evil altars uh, uh, unto him. Uh, and as they erect those altars, of course, there must always be a sacrifice. So we talked about the battle between two altars. Uh, those, those evil altars are always calling for more. Uh, the demons from those altars are never satisfied because Satan is never satisfied. Uh, uh, and so we, we, we said again, behind the scenes, again, these deep, these evil altars are set up to make sacrifices unto Satan, uh, et cetera, fallen angels, demons, et cetera, to try to stop the progress or the destiny of children of God. So they'll make these sacrifices, et cetera, to try to stop our progress. And so there's evil altars, et cetera. But of course, as children of God, we raise godly altars. Because, uh, again, it's a battle between two altars. It's the evil altar that's erected by our enemies and a godly altar that's erected by us. Right. And so we again say it all the time that the godly altar is far more powerful than any evil altar that the enemy can erect. Right. And so 
we went into saying how uh, we typically raise a godly altar to, you know, in a realm with a spirit. Again, you say, Lord, I raise this altar here. I cover in the blood of Jesus and I, I make this sacrifice unto you, etc. And we make our petitions known unto God. So, but it's usually based on our, our petitions, things that we design, things we want to manifest. But godly altars are also weapons, not just a place where we receive answers, but it's also also literally a weapon of warfare. So a godly altar is a weapon of warfare that we can use against the enemy in spiritual warfare. Raising a godly altar again is a weapon against the enemy. And so when, when evil altars are trying to raise war against you, you can raise war by raising a godly altar to speak against, to come back, to come up against any evil altar that the enemy tries to, tries to raise uh, against us. Uh, and so just put, putting that in, in perspective, uh, and then so we talked about uh, the evil altar. We went from 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, and we, we said how, you know, Elijah came, uh, a Jezebel had already killed all the prophets, not all the prophets, but most of the prophets of God. Uh, uh, had them killed because again she worshipped Baal, and so had all those them killed. Uh, and then Elijah came on the scene, and Elijah was in the process of um, uh, on assignment from God to say, okay, well, call all the people of Israel because the people of Israel had already been 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 uh, raising altars unto God, but and unto Baal. So they, it was contamination. It was contamination. They were trying to serve God and Satan, pretty much. And so God said, I'm not going to have that. So he sent Elijah, and Elijah said, okay. Let's have it. Let's 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 meet now. Let's meet here at Mount Carmel and, and all the prophets of Baal. And, and, and he was outnumbered because there were 450 uh, prophets of Baal and 400 uh, prophets of Asherah. Uh, so you're looking at 850 prophets or false prophets of priests who work these evil altars who are now going to come up against Elijah and his altar. And so we know from the passage that they, they raised their altars. They they, 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 they they made the incantation praying unto Baal for the, it was whoever was answered by fire was supposed to be the true God. And so they called on Baal. They called on Baal. They began to cut themselves, uh, which was which was a sacrifice of blood. So the cutting of themselves was something that uh, that that the enemy had had convinced them to do. You know, what I'm they leaped on the altars. They cried on the altars and literally Baal had abandoned them. Baal had literally abandoned. Them. He was silent. Was silent. So again, even them cutting themselves and mute self, the self-mutilization was a form of human sacrifice. The shedding of that human blood that demons love to come for that, that gives them power, it empowers them. So again, we know again Satan was behind all of that, but but this human blood mixed with the animal sacrifices, etc., that was really supposed to cause the God, uh, the false god to respond. And Baal was silent. Why was Baal silent? He had power, he had the ability to answer by fire, but he was silent because the power of God was present and it was no legal rights that he had when it came to dealing with Elijah. And so again, the prophets, they, 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 they failed. There was no answer for Baal. So then it was, so then now we're going into day, to today's uh, message. Uh, we, we still continue with destroying evil altars. So today is part three, the battle to, between two altars continued. So if you missed last week's, make sure you go back and, and watch part two, uh, listen to part two in reference to, uh, we, we talked about the evil altar uh, that was raised in second in first Kings. Uh, now we're going to talk about the godly altar that was raised. And so, uh, so today again, that's, we're still in a battle between two altars, uh, continued. All right. So, so, so let's put this in perspective here. Now we understand that you have an enemy who's raising evil altars. We, we made, we made it clear from the beginning that evil altars are powerful. They can cause damage. What comes from those evil altars can cause damage, can, can take lives can call, block your destiny, can do things in a child of God's life. 
We've established that. But a godly altar that we raise the children of God is far more powerful than any evil altar. But you have to understand that 95, I said for 95% of our problem, our challenges are witchcraft. Are witchcraft. 95% of your challenge you face is witchcraft. But what's behind that witchcraft? It all began with an altar. If they want Satan to do anything, or if Satan has them on assignment to do anything, there always has to be a sacrifice. And again, Satan's a copycat. Christ was the ultimate sacrifice for us, died in our place, the ultimate sacrifice. But Satan was like, no, I still want blood. I still want human blood. I want, I want, I want suffering. I want to try to stop the children of God from moving forward. So again, they raise these evil altars. And so the witchcraft that's at work, the witch warlock of sorcerer who's working in witchcraft still has an altar. They still have an altar. They have to raise an altar to get those demons to go do certain things. They still have to get an altar to get Satan to do certain things. Now, Satan may tell them to do it, get them on the assignment to do it, but they still have to make sacrifice on the evil altar because the altar what is never satisfied. Evil altars are never satisfied. And I said, there's some who, who came out of witchcraft, et cetera, and, 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 and they were afraid of the power of those altars. Now, they're working the altar. They're behind the altar. They're behind sending the curses. They're behind sending the demons on the altar. But they're afraid of the altar because, again, if they do something wrong, don't do something right or don't do it the way it's supposed to be done, it can backfire on them. Or if, they, or if, they're, not, or if they're not feeding the altar enough sacrifices, the altar can turn on them. If they're on assignment to try to kill and, and they fail, the altar can turn on them because of the demons attached to the altar. So really, they're enslaved. They think they're empowered. There's many witches and warlocks who came out of it who, who said they felt that they controlled the demons. They felt like them until they decided to stop, until they came out of it. And then they saw quickly they turned on them. And so we see what happened. They, 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 the, the, the false prophets, the false priests of Baal, of Asher, they raised their evil altar. They called on Baal, answered by fire. They, they, they cried out. They laid on the altar. They screamed. They, 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 they spoke in demonic tongues. All, all in demonic language. And Baal abandoned them. And I told you stories before of how, uh, how when we walk some people to deliverance, how demons will leave ahead of time. Some, some demons. They, they'll leave before the process even starts. They'll leave when, when someone takes the assessment. We get stories all the time, but that's part of deception because there's some who leave, but that strong man still tries to hang on to try to cause those demons to come back. And so that's why the, the strong man has to be eliminated. So anyway, so, so going back to, so, 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 so most battles are between two altars. Hear me clearly. Most battles are between two altars. And I'm not just talking about the evil altar, but I'm helping you understand. And we're going to get into deeper into that next week. The power of a godly altar and what you can do with a godly altar. Raising, like I said, it's simple to raise a godly altar. You don't have to do it physically. It's in the realm of the spirit. Lord, I raise an altar right here. I cover the blood of Jesus. And then you begin to put whatever it is you need to put on that altar. But you can have physical altars in your home. You can make anything out of an altar submit dedicated unto God. And so godly altar. So again, most battles are between two altars. I told you 95% of the problems that we face in life are witchcraft and of course, for those witchcraft curses originated, it has to be some type of evil altar for it to for it to go into effect. 
And so you have to send a five God against those evil altars and you cut off the head or send a five God to destroy the evil priest who's working those evil altars against your life. But some of those altars are stubborn. And when we get into family altars and all that stuff, we're going to show you how stubborn, how deeply rooted it can be. Because they've been on your bloodline for all these generations. They feel they have a legal right and they will not just go away without a fight. They will not go away without trying to retaliate. They will not go away without. So, so, so don't be surprised if certain things begin to pick up because now they're being exposed. You're fighting back effectively. So now they're going to try to bully you. They're going to try to test your authority. They're going to try to see, okay, well, you talk about all these altars, said you expose our altars, you, you destroying our altars. So now they're going to try to ramp it up. And so now more eyes are on you, but it's not to shrink back from more eyes are on you because you're a greater threat. So you, you press through the fire. You press through the fire because the enemy is being exposed in your life. You've seen the root of where your challenges have come from. You've seen the root of where your delays have come from. We can talk about all different types of things of attacks of the enemy, but it often originates at an evil altar. I'm showing the foundation of most of the problems that we face, of most of the challenges, of most of the backlash. It comes from an evil altar. It comes from an evil altar. So you have to understand that premise. You have to understand that concept as we take off in this series. But a golly altar is far more powerful, and we need to raise these golly altars to fight back against the evil altars that's been erected and destroying the priest because they can go and say, we're going to set up another evil altar, and we're going to set up another evil altar. And you keep fighting and keep warring and keep setting the fire until it's eliminated, until what they try to come at you with is not, not working anymore. And so that's where most most of the delays in your life is coming from an evil altar. And I'll get into much deeper things as we move forward in this series. You hear me talk about eating in your dreams, certain seeds and souls in your dreams. It comes from an evil altar. And I'll get into that as we go deeper in this series about, about those uh, uh, demonic chefs and demonic caterers, et cetera, that comes to feed you in the dream to try to keep covenants going. Covenants that your ancestors made, made way back when, or to try to reenact a covenant that was broken to try to bring it back into being into your life on your bloodline. It came from an altar. Understand it. So is everyone understanding that most of the issue that you're facing is coming from an evil altar? So a lot of times we deal with the symptoms, we deal with the other things, but ultimately it's an evil altar. Ultimately, it's coming from an evil altar. That's the root. That's the root cause. That's the root cause more often than not. So let's go to uh, let's go to First Kings 18. First Kings 18. Verses 30 through 40. Verses 30 through 40. And then I encourage you to continue to fight back because some folks feel, I sent fire against the altar. I destroyed that altar. It's possible you destroy things around that altar. It's possible that altar has been on your bloodline for so long. It says, no, we have a right to be here. We have a right to have to have, be in covenant because of ABCD. And those things have to be broken. Or there are many altars that set up. Or they, or they found a way to set up a new altar. Say, set someone else to set up a new altar. So you have to understand once you're high priority, you're not dealing with just two witches and a warlock. 
And especially when you get into this type of teaching, you get into this type of demonic exposure, exposing of the enemy. You become a higher target because now the scales are being removed, the cover is being removed from the enemy, and you're not just we're not just talking about it. this ain't just information, but then you're being taught how to overcome it, how to destroy it. But when you do that, then you know, yeah, you, you sign up for a fight, but you already been in a fight anyway. You're not getting into a war, you're already in the war. You just now have more uh uh insight into the war that you've been in. You have more insight into what the enemy has been trying to do behind the scenes, and you have power over it, you have authority over it. But you have to exercise that authority. Just saying you have the authority don't mean nothing. We say in our church, oh, I got power over the devil. Oh, the devil can't touch me. I got power over the devil. We can say it all we want. But they will come to test your authority. And you cannot afford to back down. Hello? You, you, you can't afford to back down. It is a fight. It's a battle between two altars. It's a standoff. It's a standoff. They're saying, we've been doing this for a long time. They're saying, we've been doing this longer than you've been here. So they're saying, what do we have to lose? Well, they have a lot to lose if they come at us. But we can't let the retaliation or the fear tactics, the bully tactics of the enemy to make you shrink back, to make you go back into status quo. Because folks are trying to convince you, oh, you talk with them demons. You mess with me. You better don't mess with them demons. You just, just, just mind your business. They're not minding their business because they, they're trying to mess with your stuff. So if they come and mess with your stuff, what belongs to you, it becomes your business because it is your business because they mess with what's yours. They mess with your bloodline. They mess with your marital destiny. They mess with your finances, your health, your career. They mess with, with everything that belongs to you. So it is your business. And again, it's not on God. It's not on God. It's on us to do something about it. Some battles the Lord will fight, I say it all the time, and other battles the Lord will fight through you. Some battles he will fight for you, other battles he will fight through you. So I'm helping you to see the magnitude, the significance, the importance of understanding where the root of your problems are coming from. It's an evil altar that's been calling your name. Have you ever randomly been sleeping or relaxing and you just heard your name like you heard your name someone called your name and sometimes it sounded like a familiar voice sound like a familiar voice that's an evil altar calling your name to try to curse you and i just have it's to me all the time i'm like what is that noise i heard you hear your name you know you heard your name you know no one else in there is calling your name but you heard it. you might be dozing off sleeping you might be sitting you hear a familiar voice and it's like they're calling your name that's the evil altar calling your name. Some curse they're trying to put calling your name. And you say, uh-uh, don't answer. I cancel it by fire. And I used to answer like, huh? Who? And they used to fool me because it's, it, it was the voice of someone, of a family member that passed on, but it was a familiar voice. Because the enemy also knew what a soul wound which I had. So they, oh, well, you, they would respond. If we sound like this person, he'll respond. Evil altars calling, trying to keep generational curses going, trying to send things at you. And so then you said, no, I send that back to the sin. I send that back to you. So first Kings 18, verse 30 to 40. So last, last week we talked about the evil altar. This week we're going to talk about the golly altar and go into more details even more so next week. First Kings 18, 30 to 40, New King James Version. It says, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. 
and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of, seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifices and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice, at, at, at the time of the evening offering, of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. He was obedient. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. All right. So again, you on Facebook, on Periscope, share it with your friends, share it with your followers so that they, they can tune in and get this word as well so that the word can get out. Amen. So you can hit the share button on Facebook, uh, share it on uh, Periscope uh, as we move forward so that others that's connected to you, your friends, et cetera, can get this word and continue to grow in the word. All right. So. So now we're seeing what's happening here now. Elijah told them to follow him as he would now make his sacrifice unto God. He repaired one of the altars that had been erected for God that had obviously been torn down by the priest of Baal. So he found an altar that was an altar of God that was already torn down. We know that the priest of Baal, the false priest of Baal, tore it down because, again, they knew the power of an altar. That is, if that altar was erected, that that altar could still speak from the sacrifices that were previously made on that altar. So, hmm, if the enemy understood that concept, we have to destroy these altars. Then it's the same concept, and we see it throughout this passage, uh, throughout what we, this series, again, why God is serious about you have to destroy those evil altars. You see throughout scripture, destroy their altars, destroy their altars, show no mercy, destroy their altars, destroy their Asherah poles. False gods, false idol worship, because he knows that if an altar is erected, that's what I'm telling you. Evil altars that are working against you. If there's been sacrifices made on that altar from generations ago, from your ancestors way back when, there's been sacrifices made on those altars for money, power, sex, whatever, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we, we deal with many people come for deliverance, et cetera, and, and, and they have parents that dedicated them to wound, grandparents that dedicated them uh, into witchcraft or, or say, okay, all these different things because they wanted things from Satan or because what they were caught up in and dedicated from birth, ded dedicated in the womb. Blind witches, blind, blind warlocks, not, not, they're being used by witches and warlocks to do some of their work and they don't even know it. That's a blind witch or called an unconscious witch or unconscious warlock, unconscious witchcraft. I've taught on this uh, many times, but it's just, just for your review. And so, 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 so these are coming from family altars, evil altars, evil altars. And I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and jump ahead in this series and then start talking about family altars. But, but, but I'm helping you see that 
if the altar is still erected and sacrifices have been made on those altars, the demons from those altars are still looking for blood. They're still looking. So they say, what, who can we find on this bloodline that's connected to this bloodline that we can go and attack, that we can go and, 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 and try to pretty much make them serve us on this, on this altar? Or to try to bring you into some type of covenant by feeding you in your dream, to doing certain things in your dream to try to, to, to try to reenact or reignite that evil covenant. Because those demons need blood. Those demons need a body. They need a place to reside. They need a place to reside. And so I'm putting, and I don't have time to get into, you know, difference between demons and fallen angels. Uh, I'm teaching that in, into our warrior circle, our mentors group right now, going deep into understanding that. But but the bottom, but but the bottom line is. If the altar had a sacrifice on it and it's not destroyed, it can still come. It can still it can it still responds. It still comes looking. It's looking. It's desperate looking for any any type of way to bring your family back into that covenant or to keep them in that covenant. That's where you get generational curses from. That's where you get generational demonic patterns on the bloodline. When you see certain patterns, that's where it comes from. It came from an evil altar. Hello. It came from an evil altar. And so, and, and I've been, the Lord has taken me in a realm of the spirit uh, uh, to go to witches' covens to destroy it. I've seen glass vials and and and, and, and their pots and, and and all these things. And I remember God allowed me to go and, and I'm just, and I remember breaking their glass and breaking their vials and, and they're looking at me crazy, like running and, and going wild, like, how's he here? What's he doing here, et cetera. Uh, and even when you talk about territorial spirits, and I'll never forget when I, when I originally uh, had moved back home to Charleston, I, I, all these different attacks. Uh, I started coming and I remember going to which is COVID again. They had on all their, their hoodies and I just had slayed some demons and 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 and, and sent the fire God and destroyed some demons uh uh on the way up to it. And all of a sudden I saw these these hoodies. They, they had these hoodies on. They had these hoodies on and, and and these black thing was these black robes and they were going up these long steps. And I just saw them all kind of coming in and I'm coming there and you see them looking at me like what what what's he doing here? And so I remember going up the steps. Now I'm I'm just I'm, the Lord allowed me to go. I asked him to let me go. So I'm going up the steps. I'm going up the steps. Now, I didn't, didn't know when it was going to happen, but I remember it happened several times. I'm going up the steps. And I still remember it was a woman. Uh, and it was a male. Uh, it, was, it was a black guy. It was a white woman in a particular dream. i never forget. And I remember they, they had this baton looking thing. And I'm, and I'm, I'm throwing things over. And, they, and then they, 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 I remember the one with, the, with this baton had like put it down my throat. It kind of made me pause. And I'm trying to fight. They're trying to get out of it. So they were trying to, to, to hold me hostage, hold me down. Because I caused so much damage in their coven. So I, I've destroyed covens. I've destroyed stuff in it. And when you're praying and warring, that's what you're doing. I just got to get to see it firsthand. And so and so what, I, what I'm showing you is that it comes from, they were meeting. They were, I can't, God allowed me to go and interrupt their meeting. Their witches coven, their meeting to, 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 to cast curses and to send spells and to try to stop your destiny. Because while most men sleep, this is when they go at, go to work. 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. That's known as the witching hour where the most uh 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 when the enemy does most of their seed planting while most men sleep. Scripture talks about it. But the witching hour is 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And that's when they go about all over the world trying to send curses and doing their evil incantations and, and, and trying to send curses to program your day. So when you wake up, certain seeds they hope to have already sown and that it goes unnoticed so that those seeds can grow and then they try to stop you. But we raise a godly altar against it. Hello. Uh, Jimmy says, I have had those broken off in my life in marriage. Why am I still dealing with them? Because the altars are still erected. The altars are still fighting. They're, they're, they're going to fight. They're going, they're, they're going to fight you. 
until they realize they're not going to win the fight, until you continue to do something about it. That's part of being in a fight. Don't mean that you always in a war, that you always have to fight and always be fighting. You know, that God gives us a rest from war. But when you know you're in battle, you know you're in war, you can look at your life, you can look at certain things in life. This is held up. That's held up. That's delayed. Then you're still in a fight. We, and that's, that's the mistake we make sometimes. We think, well, I have did this. I had this broken off my life. I've sent all the fire. I've been warring. I've been fasting. I say it every week. Pray and war until you see the results. That's the secret. We have to be persistent because the enemy is cons- consistent. The enemy is consistent. Now, the third watch is 12 a.m. to 3, and that's all the, witch, the witchcraft. I mean, they do it all throughout the time, but that's their main hours, 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. That's known as the witching hour. That's known as the witching hour. Three to six, uh, that's the fourth watch. And that's usually, you know, we talk about a lot of uh, talk about commanding your day. That's when there's a lot of angelic activity. Um, so anyway, so I'm going off topic there. So, so again, we find Elijah. We find Elijah. And so he found an altar of God that was, er- that was once erected, but it was torn down. Who tore it down? The false prophets or the false priests of Baal. And so just like God always told the children of Israel to destroy evil altars, Set up for false gods. Baal knew that the godly altars needed to be torn down so that it wouldn't speak against those serving him. They knew that. Satan knows that. And so as a prophetic act, Elijah rebuilt a torn down altar that was no longer being used and offered a sacrifice unto God. He rebuilt this altar that was broken down. Again, a prophetic act. You tore down our altars. I'm going to rebuild the altar. Same thing the enemy tries to do. We tear down the altars. They want to try to go and rebuild it, and we're going to keep tearing it down and then destroying the priest so that that priest who's working it won't be able to pull it down, pull up, pull up another altar again. Satan will have better send somebody else because that one is going to be incapacitated, won't be able to be, it will be inoperable. All right. So Elijah then instructed the people to fill up four water pots of water and to pour it on the sacrifice. So four water pots of, of water and then to pour it on the sacrifice and the wood. And he told him to do it three times. He told him to do it three times. And so that's 12 water pots filled with water that was poured on the sacrifice and the wood. And he also dug a, dug a trench around the altar uh, that was big enough to hold about three gallons of water. And so he had so much water that one would think that the water could quench the fire. So he wanted, he wanted to make it obvious. I'm going to do a whole bunch of water. Because it's going to take a good fire to ignite this altar. With all this water, it's going to take a good fire to ignite the altar. And so the altar was set. The sacrifice was made. And Elijah prayed unto God. The altar was set. Sacrifice was made. Then Elijah prayed unto God. You see, that's a model. That's a model of prayer. When you raise a godly altar, you raise it, Lord. I raise this altar right where I am. I cover it in the blood of Jesus. I present my body as a living sacrifice or, you know, I, I, I put whatever it is, it, you know, I, I'm sacrificing. I'm offering up sacrifices of praise unto you, O God. I, I'm, I'm fasting. Whatever you sacrifice, you say, oh, so the sacrifice is there. Whatever, just sacrifice of praise. Now that's the sacrifice. And now you pray unto God. Lord, use me. Move flesh aside. Use me. Crucify flesh. Use me for your glory. Sacrifice. Then you praying unto God. And so you see that model. And so God responded by fire. And it was so hot when God responded. Remember, Baal didn't respond. It was so hot that it burned the sacrifice. It burned the wood. It burned the stones. 
and the ashes left behind and it sucked up all the water in the trenches. This is what the fire did. And, and we see it right here uh, in verse 38. It says, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. That's a powerful fire. That's a powerful fire. I don't say, can you put godly altars in evil places to destroy the evil? Absolutely, because they try to put their altars in, in godly places. So, yeah, you can set it up anywhere. Anywhere. Because we see here in this, in this passage that it was set up everywhere they, they, because some of the children of Israel were worshiping God. So they had their altar for God. Then there's worship Baal. They had the altar for Baal. So they had two altars at work. But we know that when that evil is going, God said, I'm not I'm not responding to this, to this contamination. God, God, so you have no other God before me. There is no other God but him. So he wasn't responding. And so because God showed up on the scene through Elijah, Baal said, I'm not showing up. I'm uh, 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 I'm not contending with God. Well, I'm not continuing with God because he knew better. But he had the people believing he was all powerful. Until the real power showed up and he has me, which is walking social confused or believing that Satan is many, many who have been converted will say that they believe that all powerful was Satan. And they never experienced a power greater than Satan until they ran up into the power of God coming from a child of God. So understand that power. And so, again, this fire consumed it all. It, it, it consumed it all down to sucking up the water in the trenches. Nothing was left behind. So there was no question that God reigned supreme over Baal, Satan and any other fallen angel or demon. So the people of Israel then bowed down and worshiped God. And cried out to him, proclaiming that he is God. Now they turned for their wicked ways. They realized they were serving God and Baal. Wasn't going to work. Can't have two masters. And so the job wasn't complete now. Elijah then ordered all the false prophets and the priests of Baal to be arrested. And brought down to the brook Bashan, called Bashan, and executed them there. Follow me now. He raised a godly altar. The prophets of Baal proved to be liars. Remember, Jezebel had already killed most of the prophets. Except we know, of course, the Lord said there were 7,000 who had not bowed down and he had already reserved. But Elijah didn't know that at this point. He felt he was the only one left. And so that's why he said, Lord, you want me to go here? I'm the only prophet left. They done killed all these prophets. But he was on obedience. Sometimes the Lord will send you on what looks like a dangerous assignment. He will send you in a dark place to bring light, to transform it, to turn it around. That's why it's understanding assignment, understanding where he's sending you. And obedience, not just willing to going on. So I'm just going to go pop up here and I'm just going to just destroy whatever. Understanding protocol and the realm of the spirit. You don't just randomly go after certain things without understanding the battle that's going on around you. Because you can you can cause unnecessary backlash, unnecessary problems. So if they're coming for you, they're coming for your stuff, they're coming for your family, they're coming for what your territory, what's around you, you engage them. And if they're on your territory, you know they're on your territory, you know what God's assigned you, you go after them, send the fire, you destroy them, you destroy their work, you come up against it. And so the job wasn't complete. Like I said, Elijah said, All right, gather these false priests, a bail, have them arrested. 
and bring them down to this brook. And we're going to execute them there. So the wicked priest of Baal and Baal got payback. All the innocent blood that they shed when they had the prophets of God executed by Jezebel was speaking from the ground. That innocent blood was speaking from the ground. Because the blood has a voice. The blood has a voice. I've taught on that before. The blood, it speaks. When Cain killed Abel, his blood, God said, I heard Abel's blood crying from the ground. In other words, I've come for justice to avenge his blood. All those, those, those prophets of God that the false prophets of Baal killed, that Jezebel had killed, their blood spoke. And now it was payback for what the evil priest of Baal, because they, they had continuous evil, continuous evil, continuous evil. And now the godly altars that were destroyed was vindicated from one altar of God. I'm showing you now one altar of God that was raised. All those evil altars raised all across Israel by, by the priest of Baal. Baal ran from him once God showed up. And one altar that was rebuilt by Elijah. God answered by fire. Silenced Baal. Silence those evil altars. And now what I've been saying, you destroy the evil altars. And then you destroy the priests, the evil priests working the altar. One golly altar. One golly altar that you erect can come against hundreds and thousands of evil altars that the enemy may erect against you. One. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. So that's the power of a golly altar. You could have 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 altars working against you. That can be just from your family, just from your, your ancestors. We're not even talking about other altars. We talk about altars that are attached to a legal right. Those altars legally can be there because of what some of your ancestors may have done. So they feel like we're legally here. So now you're dealing with a legal battle. Follow me now. You some of you are dealing with a legal battle with some of those evil family altars that are working against you. That guy said, I'm not getting into teaching on that part yet, but I'm giving you nuggets, little seeds to show you the magnitude of the war and the magnitude of the power of one altar that you raise. And so again, so he said, okay, these wicked priests of Baal, bring them down here and let them be executed. Now the altars of Baal were the altars of Baal were destroyed, and their evil priests were executed. Now remember in part one, we talked about in Deuteronomy chapter seven, the seven, uh, uh, the, the seven godly instructions from Deuteronomy seven. Number one, you must conquer them. Number two, you must utterly destroy them. Number three, you must make no covenants with them. Number four, you must show no mercy to them. Number five, you must destroy their altars. Number six, you must break down their sacred pillars. Number seven, you must cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. So we see the model. We see the instructions. Deuteronomy chapter seven, we talk, covered that on, on part one. But I'm reminding you of it. This is what we're doing. This is what Elijah did. And now you see the evil priests were being executed for all the evil altars that they were erected to come up against the children of God. Now it was payback time. 
for all the evil they've done, all the bloodshed. Think about how many prophets of God, priests of God, they slaughtered. It began with the altar. It began with the altar. And so now one godly altar that's raised, look how many priests were slaughtered. Look how many priests were slaughtered. Yes, Kimberly, yeah, you can go back and watch part one, part two. It's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, Periscope, et cetera. So you can definitely go back and watch part one. And so, and so putting that in perspective, one altar, one altar that was raised, 450 were destroyed. Really, we can say 850 because even though there wasn't no account of the, uh, those who, who serve Asherah there, we know that they were pretty much present as well. So you might as well say, uh, uh, it's safe to say 850 evil priests who were working evil altars. And, and, it's, and it's safe to say that those evil priests, some of them had more than one altars erected. But one altar of God erected, destroyed it all. Remember, a godly altar is a weapon. It is a weapon. That's why I encourage you to raise your godly altars. And we'll get into more details about that next week, even deeper than what I've covered. So, so, so just putting just putting this in perspective for you now. And, and so, so we must destroy the stubborn evil altars and the evil priests who are servicing these evil altars. And we see this example in the battle of the two altars right here in this passage, the battle between the two altars. Let's go to Second Chronicles 7. Our last passage here, Second Chronicles 7. So, so, so when I'm talking about these evil altars, like I said, yes, it has power. Because you see how all the prophets of, uh, most of the prophets of God got killed. Because of these evil altars at work. And the hit that Jezebel put out on them because what Baal told her to do. And so, all the evil, all the bloodshed. So we see, yes, it, the evil altars have power to kill. There's such thing as premature death. And so they're trying to cause these things in your life and we have power over it, but you can't just let these things go unnoticed. You have to fight back, come up against it. Come up against it. I've had dreams where, where of course, they tried to kill me. They tried to inject me with stuff. They're fighting you, but you seeing when that happened, you're seeing what they're trying to do. And in some of them, you find yourself blocking them, stopping them. And in some time, you might find yourself, man, what? I was fighting so good, but what, why all of a sudden, now I'm eating my dreams again. What, what happened? How did they get to me? And are you mad? I used to wake up mad because all that is, is that now there's, remember scripture said that when, when a spirit is cast out, uh, the spirit comes back and, 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 you know, it sees that the house is swept and garnished, put in place pretty much in order. So then they go get seven spirits more evil in itself. And the state of that person, if they can get her, get back in, the state of that person is worse than the first. And so you say, I, I've been coming against this. Things are fine, whatever. But now I'm still eating my dreams. I'm still seeing this going on. Number one, you have to continue to feed your spirit. So your, fit, your spirit is, is strengthened even more, the word, prayer, et cetera, worship. But sometimes it happens where they slip in because it's happened to me. I'm like, how in the world did that have that joke? That joke, it was a fight and somebody stabbed me. And then I got them and I stabbed them back, you know, with, with the needles. They tried to inject things into me and I fought them in the dream. Well, I fought them. Some of you have been fighting it. Fight them in the dreams. But what happened, sometimes when, when, when it seems like it, it comes back and it's a little strong or somebody, it seems like they got you. If you know you still been praying and, and on your post and, and, and continue to go stronger, the only thing that happened is they, they increase the warfare. 
they 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 more of them came together. More evil altars were erected, and they're coming together. Now you have more working against you. You have witch warlocks all across the globe now trying to trying to exchange notes, trying to swap notes, try to figure out how can we stop you. So that's what happens sometimes. They increased it. They they raised the level up, and then that's how now it's okay. Well, let's try this. And so they consult with one another. You know, we got a tough one right here. It's it's real tough tough to get Corey. I, I mean, I mean, if we've been trying with Kim and we 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 we. We, we, we had some success in a marriage. We had some success, but all of a sudden, you know, this is going on. We, 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 she, she's gaining too much ground. She's being exposed to too much. We, she's, she, she's, we're being exposed. So they're swapping notes to a higher ranking, et cetera. What can we do? Well, try this. If you combine this with that and try to combine that with that, then you'll probably be able to, uh, it works for me, so we try. And sometimes it works. So then you got to go back to the drawing board. Okay, all right. No more, you still cancel it now. Okay, you got me in there. You came for me with a dream. You fed me. Okay, all right. First of all, I send the blood of Jesus to uproot it. Any seeds I declare nothing by any means shall harm me. I cancel it. Any seed that it took root, I send the blood of Jesus to uproot it. I cancel it. It shall not prosper my life. Now, okay. Now you came for me. Clearly, y'all working together. Clearly, y'all, y'all, some of y'all exchanging notes and more y'all working against me. Okay, so then now I have to ramp up my game. I see what's going on. I see that they're increasing. And, and so and so and so I'm, I'm putting it in perspective. So I'm helping you understand the level of warfare. And I can tell you many, many different stories, but uh, I mean, just all types of crazy stories that happens from witchcraft, but it's from evil altars. It's from evil altars. Uh, we're about to start another class right now. And, and, and there's an individual where uh, just from looking at this session, they, they had. Uh, actually, prayer list as to pray for these things. Uh, but th their son's passport, three passports got lost or stolen. And, and he's trying to go to pursue his masters, uh, I'm assuming another country and whatnot. And and three times. It wasn't by accident. It, it, it was it, it's witchcraft. It's, 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 it's this prayer coming still. There's people who they, they, they presented their passports uh, to go and whatever. And, and, and they've got arrested or arraigned because that's not their passport. They literally come and, and put a whole nother picture on the passport. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. It goes on all around you. We have power over against it. And like I said, they're getting bold and bolder these days. Uh, there was an article. Uh, one of our uh, Upper Kingdom members' partners said something. Uh, and I came across it recently. I think it might have been a couple years ago. Uh, but it's a rapper, uh, Azalea Banks or whatnot. Uh, she came out publicly and, and she showed some Instagram video that she was about to go clean out her closet. Uh, apparently, she was practicing witchcraft for three years. At that time, she talked about it on a video how pretty much try to make it seem good and OK. And, you know, she grew up around it. And, and she said something about uh, witches, um, something I'm a real witch or something that like real witches do whatever. So she showed the picture of the closet. Apparently, she'd been, she been getting a bunch of chickens and slaughtering in and, 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 and making blood sacrifices, altering her closet. I mean, you saw the picture. It was nothing but feathers and just blood that's been there for a long time. Just a long time. You can tell the blood. And she literally had the little sander and glasses on. So I got to go clean up my closet now. Unapologetic about it. Witchcraft. People practice it openly. She had an evil altar in her closet. Sacrificed blood sacrifice of chickens that, that we know of at that point in time. And then and it's, it's articles right there. You Google it. Zaya Banks witchcraft. It's it's not hidden. It's right there. She 
the Instagram video and everything. She's showing the sander and she shows the closet and even talks about it on the video. Not trying to hide it. So, so help you understand that these things occur. We said, when does it end at your, yeah, it ends when you see the victory, when you see the results. That's when that battle ends. And then they have to go back to their drawing board and you have rest for a season. And then they might try to find some new fight and then you just pick it back up. But you're not, this is not war. You just, oh, I'm constantly in this war and battle and I'm worn out. Because if you're worn out, then you're fighting in your own strength. It has to be strategy. Some strategies, God should just worship me. Some fights, your faith will fight for you. Some fights, the heavenly host will fight, fight for you before you. There's some fights you never even seen because it's already taken care of. Hello? It's already taken care of. And so, and so, and so just putting it in perspective. These things are broad, broad, day, broad daylight. Out in the open. Out in the open. Uh, and, and I told you, uh, the most powerful man that, that I've met, uh, a missionary out of Mexico, David Hogan, I, I miss him all the time. Uh, he's a country guy, uh, but walks in the power. Many thousands and thousands of dead races on his ministry, but we met him uh, uh, in service, whatnot. And, um, but I remember him telling a story. Could you talk about he's going, to, he's going to areas that people, missionaries don't go to Mexico. Like his ministry pretty much is the only one that's really there because it's a war zone. I mean, people are getting killed. Warlords and said their their drug laws are killing people for for, for their for their faith and their belief. And so, you remember he's talking about the story when he, he came into this region, uh, and 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 all, he literally saw a hand coming through his son. Then they trying to pull it, it's pulling. He literally felt it pulling back, and I it, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. And, and then he just saw this hand moving around his son. His, his son was young. The hand is moving around, moving around. He's like, what in the world is going on? So they're praying and warring and not understand what's going on. He said, I don't know what's going on here. Because go, the, the, because those, 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 the enemy in that character was upset. So now they're trying to attack his child. So he said he literally saw a handprint coming through this child. So he said he goes into prayer. He said he, he did not eat. He shut it down. And he said, I'm not coming out until I get an answer. I'm not coming out until God shows what's going on. Because this has to stop. This type of warfare I'm talking about. But we got power. He prayed. He fasted. He stayed. And then he said quickly. It took a little while when it happened. But he said the Lord showed him it's across the street. It's across the street. So he comes down. He's upset. He opens the door. And then it's the black mag magic warlock standing there just looking angry, upset, standing outside and, and, and pretty much had to leave town. Because they were exposed and the power of God began to fall. Warfare, because the enemy wants to use bully tactics. I tell you, what test your authority, because that was enough right there. Where it was like, do we need to pack up and go back? Do we need to just go, just leave? Do, that's what the enemy wants you to do: to pack up and leave, to pack up and quit, to pack up and stop praying, to pack up and stop warring. Because they know you're gaining ground, they know you expose them, they know you're destroying their work. So they now they have meetings where they were they were interact with witch and warlocks all across the globe, higher ranking than them. How can we stop them? How can we stop this momentum? Kimmy is gaining too much momentum. Patrice is gaining too much momentum. Lisa is causing too much damage. What can we do? And so you can't afford not to pray. You can't afford not to war until you see the results. So I'm showing you how intense this thing can get. How, how intense it can get. I mean, one day I woke up, went to sleep. Everything was fine. All good. I woke up, could not, pretty much could not walk for three days. I did nothing, nothing crazy, nothing to cause no problems. 
literally, it's probably some arrow that they shot me with some years ago. But they got me, and I realized what it was after that. But no reason why I couldn't walk. I'm talking excruciating pain. Nothing that I did, no physical activity that would cause that to occur. Because, of, again, the warfare that was going on. The warfare that, that was going on. I had to spare the python, bamming on the door, angry, angry. I mean, that joker was angry because of what was done. And trying to wrap itself around me, and I was unwrapping it, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Because when you start shaking up demonic kingdoms, they try to come for you, but you cannot back down. You will see the other side of breakthrough. You will see the other side of victory. But I'm showing you what evil altars can do. But I'm showing you how much more powerful a golly altar is. Hello? And someone said, I think my question is, is this what a person has to deal with all their life because of a family altar? It's like a continuous tug of war, frustrating, and you have to war all the time to get a tiny advance. No. What you have to do is destroy it so that it will not be able to impact your life the way that it is. That's the whole point. When you didn't know about altars, you couldn't fight altars. But when you didn't know about altars, guess what? It didn't stop the altars from working. So you, for our, our ignorance and not knowing about it does not stop the enemy from attacking. Now that you know, and you know how to keep coming against these altars, there will be relief. There will be breakthrough. But now you just now realizing the level of this warfare. And so now the fight really just beginning. You already guaranteed victory, but the key is showing up. Showing up. It's not to discourage you. It's to show your power. Think about it. Your eyes are being open. You know that these altars are working against you. Before, you didn't know that. Or, or you heard about it, and you knew a little bit about it, but how much did you really do about it? It was a good message, a good word. You set some fire a few days, and then you never mess with the altar again. That's that. No, no. This, this is a war. you got to strategize. Too many times, that's what I say when I'm teaching these things, don't come in, get it, and this always a good word. And you apply it for a little while, and then you stop applying it. The altars ain't going to stop trying to work against you. The witch and warlocks that Satan keeps sinning is not going to try to stop working against you. So why all of a sudden you can say, I'm just, I, I don't need to pray about that anymore. I've already destroyed altars. I don't need to say no more fire. No, that's, that's, that's where we miss it sometimes. We pick these principles up. We apply it for a little while, and it don't seem to be moving, don't seem to be working, because now the enemy knows, wait a minute, you exposed me. So now they're going to have to work overtime and try to hope you back down. To hope you stop praying at this level. To hope you stop warning at this level. So no, it's not. I got to keep fighting to get a little breakthrough. But if something been on your bloodline for centuries, you think you will just show up one day. I command you to go in Jesus name. No, that, and that's what some of the church has. We've gone wrong in it. Our teaching. We've gone wrong in that because we, we, we're making baby Christians, pacifier Christians, children of God. Well, if you just believe it, if you just say it, that's it. Okay. How, how well has that worked for you? I'm putting in perspective. You have to understand the warfare behind it. You have to have faith. You, you can't please God without it. But we have to apply the principles, the warfare principles, again, to combat it. Because, again, once it leaves God's hands, it's in our hands, right? Once it leaves God's hands, it's in our hands. So I'm showing you that we have power of it, one godly altar. But we, but we get weary too fast sometimes. Or we feel like it's not working. I've been praying. I've been fasting. It's not working. Because there's an evil altar that every time you pray and you fast, that still come up against you because you, you didn't know to come against the evil altar. Now, God's grace and mercy has got us through many things that we, because of our ignorance. But I'm showing you that I've seen it. I've been around long enough that, that, that we've all done it. I've done it. I'm like, man, this thing ain't working. I've been trying this principle. It ain't working. I'm not seeing no breakthrough here. 
Because now the moment you got the revelation, the moment you got the word, just like when you get a prophetic word, the moment that prophetic word was released, the enemy sent attacks to try to come up against it. The moment it was released. So we get excited. Oh, that's a prophetic word. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. You better war for that word because that same time went out, the enemy's already putting stuff in motion. All right. What can we do to delay it? What can we do to block it? What can we do to get them to abort it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm showing that you are a mighty warrior with mighty power, the power of God. But we have to stop starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. That's part of the strategy of the enemy to get you out of prayer. So no, it's not little tiny breakthroughs. It's understanding that there's some things that's been around for a long time. And you have to continue to build your spirit up with the word of God in prayer. And out of that, some, some think that they can just go out and war wounded. Some of you still got unforgiveness. You still, some of you still living in sin. And you can tell, I'm going to go and just cause all this warfare and stuff. And the enemy is laughing because they're like, okay, I got legal rights. You know what you just did last night. You know what you're doing. It's not condemnation. Because you repent of your sin, but you're still living in it, going back in it. And, and I know some of it, that's part of the warfare. Some of that is evil altars that some of you lust the way that you lust and fornicate the way you fornicate because of an evil altar. Now, some of the choices you made, but it started way before when, way before then. Something you, I don't know why this thing, and again, you can see family patterns. You can see constant patterns of divorce in your family. You see constant patterns of infidelity, adultery, et cetera. I guarantee you can find an altar that's pushing that agenda. Hello? I'm putting in perspective. I'm putting perspective. So, so we're not going to sit there and talk about war and destroy evil altars and you got sin in your life. No, we, we can't do, we can't play that game. We can't play that game. I'm just putting perspective. I'm putting perspective. And then Amy was going to try to turn you around and get mad at God. Well, God, I prayed, I fasted, I did this, I did that. And so-and-so got that. They ain't going to do it. They don't take them doing all that warfare. Yeah, because a lot of cases the Amy knows if they have that, I don't have to fight them that hard. They're not as much of a threat anymore as they once were or not as much of a threat as you are because of what you are doing, because of what you're carrying, because of what, what you're exposing. And there's many who fall back and be like, oh, you know what? Fire's too hot. I'll go back to status quo Christianity. I just want to live a comfortable life. They're not going to miss heaven. They're not going to miss heaven. They believe in Christ, but they will miss bringing heaven on earth. I'm talking to people who want to bring heaven on earth. Who know this point, who, we're here to bring heaven on earth. Everyone's not bringing heaven on earth. They're doing enough to get their perfect attendance, going to church. Hey, I had a good word. I feel good. Bless the Lord. I believe in Jesus. Sing out a few songs and go home and go back to my regular routine to the week. They're not going to miss heaven, but they will miss heaven on earth. I'm talking to warriors who want heaven on earth, who wants their inheritance. And it, and it has to be a turning, a turning away from sin. Number one, that's the first thing we would talk about warfare. Lord, examine my heart. If there's anything in me that's not to be removed, if there's any sin, I repent. Help me to walk upright. So I'm putting that in perspective. That's a key takeaway. That's a key takeaway. Sometimes I go back and forth and sometimes it feels like the devil is winning and then sometimes God is winning. It's a tug of war. We, we already win. I keep telling you, it's guaranteed. Repeat after me. I am guaranteed victory if I keep showing up. Hello. And again, I hear each apostle. This is over 10 years and talking of I have known for a decade and the witch is alive in my family. She does not quit. I didn't know. And I have been working and warring. 
So yeah, and I hear these stories all the time. I've been going to this for 10 years. I've been going to this for 15 years, 20 years. I understand it. But you also don't know what you know right now. And then most people who say, I've been going through it, we get it all the time. I've been applying this. I've been applying that. Five minutes. And I'm not discredited. I know you've been praying. We, Like I said, some battles are quick. Some battles are, 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 are a little longer. But God is a redeemer of the time. If it's been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, guess what? God is a redeemer of the time. He's restorer of the years. I'm showing you where the root of your issues coming from. Evil altars. Are all those evil altars just going to disappear when you sin five the first time? No. You have to keep sinning and keep coming and keep coming and keep showing up. The reason some of you are tired because you've been fighting in your flesh. You've been fighting in your own strength or putting it all on God. God, why? And God has been this long and this should have happened. And God's like, no. Again, Psalm 115 and 16. The heavens belong to the Lord, the earth he gave to us. So if the earth he gave to us, why are you going pouting to God about, Lord, you didn't do this. Lord, he said, I've already done it. When Jesus Christ on the cross, he said, it's already finished. We have to execute the victory on earth. And that's why that's part of my job in this earth. To train warriors, to, treat, to teach you. The Lord said, I train your fingers, your hands to war. But how much warring have we really been doing? Some of our warring has been in ignorance. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Some of the things I say when I didn't know what I didn't know. But the more you know, the more you, you're exposed to. Now you know how to apply it. And the thing about you're not in it by yourself. Some of you feel like you've been doing it by yourself. You're not in it by yourself. You're not going at it by yourself. I promise you, you're not in it by yourself. You're showing up here. We're with you. We're praying with you. We're war with you. Show up with us Monday through Friday, every morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Warriors Prayer Closet. We're praying. Bring your request there. Put it on the altar. We fight. We pray. That we're in this together. Because I, 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 sometimes I say, Lord, this is too much going on. I'm tired of seeing the people hurt. I'm tired of seeing the body of Christ struggling 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Should have been married by now. Should have had this career change by now. Should have had this breakthrough by now. I've seen it time and time again. And I've told you, it's the big three. Satan's big attack. Satan's big attack. The big three. Your health. Your wealth. And uh, relationships. So he's constantly attacking relationships. Doesn't want you to get married. He's constantly tracking your finances, constantly tracking uh, uh, your health. So, so, so I'm showing you this. I'm showing you this now. And I understand some of you are tired. But guess what? That, that, that frustration is from soul wounds. You're only frustrated because your soul is wounded. You're hurt because this hadn't happened. And some of you, be, if you be real, some of you are upset with God. Some of you have a soul wound towards God because what hadn't happened, what hadn't manifested, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So I get you, EG, when it's not any of these things I think you said when a person is not pouting because they know we're seated and right above in the end. It's as the word said, it was a long war between David and Saul. Yeah, some battles are longer than others. But God gives you the perseverance. He gives you perseverance. But but I'm not saying this to say that you can be fighting your whole life. You can be fighting for every little thing. But no, I understand. The, I understand the frustration. But there's so many different factors. And I guarantee you, EG, that if we were to talk. I would show you that it's not what you think it is. I would show you it's not this long, drawn thing. I guarantee you I'll find a root. So I'm not saying you're pouting. I'm just showing you the example of what happens. We've all had that. Well, Lord, it's taking too long. Everyone else can say this took too long or this should have happened by now. This should have manifested by now. 
I'm just showing you that the more that you know, the more you can apply. And that you're not in this by yourself. And that God does redeem the time. He does restore the years. And, and but like I said, but we've been in, we've been church so long. Until it's this mindset, well, it's supposed to happen quick. We've been taught. Hey, just, just, just name it and claim it. And that, and that teaching got taken out of context by some people. The people who originated that faith, word of faith teaching, were spot on. But there's people who took it and took it a whole nother level and, and twisted it. Just like grace. There's a people taught on grace. They're spot on. But then it got twisted and taken. And that's what Satan does. Demonic agendas. So, so just putting that in perspective for you that we have power over all this. It's not going to be like this always. But I'm showing you paths to victory. Paths to victory in the now. But for so long, our, all our whole lives, we've been fighting, and some of us been fighting ignorantly. I'm just showing you this, and, and that's not, and that, and if, if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy, we wouldn't be where we are in some some cases right now. So the enemy wants to discourage us and make us feel like it's too long. And I understand that's a soul wound. That's a soul wound. And guess what? Soul wounds gives the enemy legal rights. Legal rights. They will park their brakes and pitch their tent if there's soul wounds that they can work on. They will, they will be there. I don't care how much demons you cast out. I tell all the time our classes, we can cast out every demon there is. But if there's a soul wound there, that gives the enemy legal right to number one, come back, or legal right to keep coming at you the way that they're coming at you legally. Legally. That's why when it sees the courts of heaven, I break all that down. So each, if you haven't watched my series on, on the courts of heaven, on YouTube, look at that. It's going to make it all make sense for you. And so, and so I, I, we, we went past time already. I, I couldn't even get into the other scripture because of the direction we went in there. But I don't want any of you to take, that's why I'm talking about golly altars, because I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way as far as, oh my God, it seems hopeless because he's talking about these evil altars and all the evil that they did. No, I've also balanced it with showing you the power of a golly altar. I'm not just coming on, just teaching you about these evil altars. I'm showing you how you come up against it. I'm showing you how these, some of these things have been around for a long time. And I'm showing you how the power of one golly altar raise can cause against them. And I'm showing you that as they're being exposed and as you're moving forward, they may say, OK, we have to cause more reinforcement. The ultimate goal is to get you to stop praying about it, to get you to stop worrying about it, to get you to give up on it, to get you to curse yourself. Because you cursing yourself is greater than any curse of which wall of the social or that can even come from an altar. Hello. So I put in perspective. So sometimes we get weary along the way. Even David, he had to encourage himself in the Lord. His men wanted to stone him when their families got 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 cat kidnapped and all their stuff got stolen. And they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him because they were hurt. They were wounded. They wanted to kill him because they were hurt. It wasn't his fault. They went to war with him, to fight with him. But they came back home and they, 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 the enemy came in and took their families and their, their possessions and burned their houses and et cetera. So they were hurt. They were wounded because they felt they left their family unattended. And it felt it's David's fault because they went to war with David because they trusted David. So they wanted, they talked about stoning him to death. And they said David had to encourage himself in the Lord. He had to encourage himself in the Lord. They said, Lord, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And even something that would make common sense to just go and find an enemy army and fight them, even in that thing about your family taken from you, homes burned, possessions taken, they, they pillaged the village. And then instead of going straight to fight and going, he said, Lord, shall I pursue them? 
Shall I pursue my enemy? Because the Lord could have given me a different strategy. You know, stand still. I'm going to fight this battle for you. We've taken that one strategy of the Lord will fight your battle. Some people take that make doctrine out of it that the Lord's going to fight all your battles. No. Some battles who fight for you, other battles who fight through you. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. He prayed. The Lord said, yes, David, you shall pursue. You shall overtake. And you shall recover all. You shall recover all. And then he, they pursued the enemy. And they destroyed the enemy. And got their family back. And got their possessions back. But he still prayed. Still erected an altar. Because he said, I'm not going into battle without your consent. I'm not going into battle without your strategy. I'm not going into battle without answers. That's necessary before I walk into this. Prayer. He still prayed. And it said even at past that, that they, they weep so much, they had no more strength to weep. Have you ever cried so much that you can't even cry anymore until tears can't come on your eyes, until you're tired of crying, you're tired of being tired, you're tired of being sick, you're tired of being weary? Yeah, we see that example in David. But I'm showing you that your guaranteed victory, if you keep showing up, it's not always going to be this long, drawn-out fight. But the enemy wants to weary you, to suffocate you, to make you say, ah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. Or to curse yourself, say, I don't care about that anymore. And now the enemy says, okay, I can use that to buy more time. What if Daniel had stopped praying in Daniel chapter 10 when his prayer got, the manifested his prayer got held up for 21 days? What if he had stopped? So we see even there something that got held up in spiritual warfare. Daniel chapter 10, when the demonic principality over Persia held up Gabriel from getting to Daniel. Michael had to come help Gabriel fight. Gabriel then broke free and then came to Daniel. We see it. It's in the word. So I know some of you have been weary from fighting. But I'm showing you and teach you effective strategy. You should not be worn out from work fighting. I'll be the first to say I've done it. Got worn out from fighting for so long. Took a six, six month sabbatical. Worn out. Tired. Worn out. Fighting every little battle. Every little thing. Everything. Boom, boom, boom. Everything that popped up. And every little battle one for me to pick up and fight. Six months it took me down. Six months. So I get it. I'm, I'm talking from experience here. It does take strategy. It does take consistency and persistency. But I'm telling you to keep pushing. Keep pushing. And then, again, when I told you about David Hogan, when I was practicing tears. I said, man, I, I want to see more dead raises, more dead raises. And we got one in the ministry, as far as our corporate ministry, one. But I want to see more. I want to hear more. I want, I want to hear more reports coming from out of ministry, coming out of our lives. And I said, I want to see it. I want to see it. Now, too many people have been hurting. Too many people going through. Too many people have not seen manifestation. Too many people have not seen manifestation that at the level that they should be seeing it. And I never forget, you know, he's looked at me and says, hold the line. It'll come. Hold the line. It'll come. That's, i.e., be persistent and consistent. Coming from someone who's in a war zone, who's, who's been held at gunpoint many times, who's have had people in his ministry slaughtered for the gospel, active right now. He said, hold the line. It'll come. Well, I can take those words to heart because I can see, well, yeah, I see the results over there. So hold the line. It will come. 
And it's not going to just come in happenstance. It's not going to come by accident. It's going to come when you stand on your face, you praying, you warn. Don't look at other folks, what they got. Don't. Uh-uh. I'm putting perspective. Yeah, I said David Hogan. Yeah, he's a missionary out of Mexico. Now, there's two David Hogan's on YouTube. I don't know if some new David Hogan popped up, but you know this David Hogan because kind of a country talking guy, uh, beard. You just know he's country talking. You know he's from the country. Uh, but you know it when you see him. And he, you see a lot of stuff with dead raising and power of God and stuff like that. But there's two different ones. I'm just making sure you go to the right one if you do look him up. So I'm just putting that, putting that in perspective. Hold the line. Hold the line. It will come. You will destroy these evil altars. You will see the victory. You will see the manifestation. And it's not some cliche. This is not some pep talk. I'm telling you facts. Guaranteed victory if you keep showing up. I would take communion every day. That's that's a good. Uh, that helps with healing. That helps with a lot of things. Uh, keeping enemy away from you. I mean, that's one way to certainly put up a wall of defense, etc. Um, but somehow we have this mentality that the devil's never going to attack. Then they're never going to find some way to attack. When Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And he's our model. So if he's overcome the world, we overcome the world. But he also says a time when there's a rest from war. So I'm putting it on a perspective that you will get a rest from war. It won't be this constant fighting. You constantly break through, after breakthrough, after breakthrough. So I'm just putting it in perspective. Just put, put it, putting it in perspective. That 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 is it's already done. It's already done. Amen. So that, that's all I have tonight. Because I said we went over and uh, I couldn't get to that second script, but we'll pick up uh, with that on next week. So the first call, the first call, and, and I hope that it didn't change the mood because I, I know I feel your pain. I feel that weight. But I'm showing sure we're warriors. There's no quitting us. There's no back down. The enemy is not going to push you out of your assignment, out of your destiny. They've done it enough. They've done it enough. But it's easy to get frustrated when you don't understand or have all the tools. Because sometimes we think we know so much and we realize sometimes we don't know. Been there, done that. It's constantly learning. This is a, we call, this is a journey. We call, I just saw John May said, this is a journey. Lifelong journey. We're constantly learning. You, you don't have a monopoly on God. We're constantly learning more and more. Constantly learning. Amen. So the first call is, look. Um. The, uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy Christ came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're not saved and you're ready to set the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can just repeat after me, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again with all power in your hand. You've ascended to be back in heaven with God the Father. And I belong to you. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to come into my heart for you are my Lord and Savior. If you say that for the first time, guess what? You are saved. You are saved. It's that simple. Salvation is not the end. It's just the beginning. It starts now that you have Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if that's your first time making that profession. Uh, confession, Go. To, you can send an email to info at decorgreen.org so that uh, we can get you some information, material, uh, info at decorgreen.org. And the, last, the second call is, look, you've been listening. You've been blessed by this, 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 this Bible study, blessed through this ministry. You've been coming and listening week after week after week, and you're hearing the sound. I'm talking to two different types of people. You're hearing the sound. The first group I'm talking to, you hear the sound coming out of this ministry. You know this is home. You know this is home. 
You know this is what God is leading you. You know that I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual covering. No matter where you are across the globe, it's not just about being in four walls, even though we have many things set up to help you get plugged in. But if you know this is home, you know that I'm your pastor. Send an email to info at thecorgreen.org so we can get you uh, plugged in as a new partner of Upper Room Kingdom. Send an email to info at thecorgreen.org. That's info at D-O-Q-U-O-I-G-R-E-E-N.org. Info at thecorgreen.org. And so we can make sure you get the information. The second type of person, maybe you already have a church home and uh, but 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 and you're getting word there and you're growing there and that's home. That's what God has assigned you. Uh, but 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 you see me more as a mentor. You're still growing here, still getting word here. And I serve more as a mentor. You too can send an email to info at the core uh, to be the type of partner that's that's the way I'm more of a mentor and you connect it uh, in that way, as opposed to the first type of partners. You're saying this is home. I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual covering. So guard your, uh, guard yourselves. Uh, accordingly again so whatever lord is leading you holy spirit is leading you you know you're one of those two people don't just say i'm i'm i'm, I'm a partner because i because i watch every week and excited you haven't made that next step to get plugged in uh to what um we're doing amen uh as we establish kingdom and all it's saying is that you're 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 a, a warrior a soldier and god is partnering with this church this ministry this army to establish his kingdom on earth because we can't do it alone amen and the last call is if you notice a good word, you're growing, you sow back into the word, you sow back into the church, because guess what? The gospel is free, but ministry costs. And we can, everyone's not getting this word. Everyone's not hearing this word. Uh, and, 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 and we want to spread it far and wide. So we need individuals like you sowing back into the ministry so that we continue to advance the gospel, so we continue to establish in, in, in God's kingdom in regions and territories all across the globe. And it costs money uh, to do all of those things. So we need individuals like you to help us uh, to do that. Amen. So you can go to decorygreen.org, go to donate and sow whatever Lord places on your heart to sow. And remember, don't ever sow a casual seed. Name that seed. What do you want that seed to accomplish? Write it down, how much you sow so you can water that seed through your prayer and you will watch for your harvest. And yes, you can sow seeds over and over for the same thing, just that you can pray for the same thing over and over and war for the same thing until you see the results. So yes, you can sow a seed. If you sow the seed about it before, you can sow a seed again. And we talk about sacrifice. Some of you never really sold a sacrificial offering. So even some of you, for some of you, that'll be a sacrifice. What is the Lord putting on your heart to do? And you sacrifice it on the altar. Amen. So govern yourselves accordingly, thecoregreen.org. Uh, and also our kingdom t-shirts, you can go to irulingreign.com. Uh, the various different things that I say, uh, it's on, we put it on a t-shirt and you can go to irulingreign.com to look that up. Amen. All right, so that's all we have today. So I will close out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study. Oh God, we thank you, God, for these your people, oh God. For oh God, you know their hearts. Some have grown weary along the way. Some have gotten tired. Some have gotten frustrated, oh God. But we declare your word, oh God, to not grow weary and well doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And I declare in the truth that this is the season that they shall reap and not faint. Oh, God, send your ministry angels to minister to those, oh, God, with heavy hearts and, and just tired and just, just don't know what direction to go and just feel like it's been going on for too long. Oh, God, let them know, oh, God, that change is here, that breakthrough is here, oh, God, that they will not give up. Rejuvenate them, oh, God. Revive their spirit, oh, God, that their spirit may will rise up and overtake their soul and overtake the flesh and do what you call it to do in the name of Jesus. I said to him, he wants to fight and do war on their behalf. In the name of Jesus, fight on the behalf of these, your people, oh, God. We said to him, he wants to fight on their behalf, do war with who's trying to do war against them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare no weapon.
that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. Oh God, I declare your spirit of peace shall rest upon them. Your love, your joy, I send it into their soul now, oh God, that they will be rejuvenated, oh God, that their fire, let the zeal for you, oh God, ignite on inside of them again. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We praise you, God. We glorify it and we come against all demonic retaliation from any evil altar. We send the fire of God to destroy those evil altars, the blood of Jesus to silence those evil altars and any evil priest that's working those evil altars. We send the fire of God to destroy them in the name of Jesus. We send the fire of God to rain down and destroy those evil altars in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. These no bless we ask in your son, Jesus. And we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And please make sure you go back and listen to these teachings. Listen to this series because you're not going to get it all in one sitting. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as always, remember that you are the breath of God and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Decore Green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for our Warriors Prayer Closet. Have a great evening. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.